It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. Uh, And thank you so much for listening. You're each treasured. You're valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we, you, me, we were made for this moment in history, and what a moment it is. And I get to work with a great group of people, and that's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday to you, producer Steve. Finally, Friday. I tell you what, the days are peeling off so quickly because there's so much work to do. (laughs) can't believe it's Friday. (laughs) <laughs> okay uh i'm just trying to you know keep my my sanity That's, after yesterday there's nothing else that could that, don't say it no don't, don't, i won't don't don't say you know and what's so great about you steve is is I, when people do a great job you take it for granted uh and then yesterday as if you were listening uh, dr jill and i we're on location, and uh, we're we're very um, uh, reliant upon the internet. And so I was on the hotel's internet, and it was uh, spotty. But I didn't realize it was spotty until it dumped me off the off the connection. And that always gives uh, producer Steve a lot of heartburn. So we got it all figured out. Uh, but uh, certainly, those are the kinds of things when you have somebody that strives for excellence, and when things don't quite happen that way, it uh, does give him a bit of heartburn. Several things. Uh, we've got such a jammed up show, uh, jammed show for you today. I'm going to just very quickly jump through some of these f- things. First of all, Helen Raleigh and I, and she was just on Newsmax a couple of days ago. So what a great opportunity to uh, attend our media training workshop. And it is a week from Saturday, uh, April 30th. Uh, seating is limited. Registration is limited. You can register at my website. Uh, that's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And I would highly recommend whether or not you are running for office, in elected office, uh, just how to communicate better with those around you. Uh, it's a great, a great opportunity. So would highly recommend that. And then also uh, a, a, a nonprofit that I just truly support, and that is the United States Marine Corps Memorial um, Foundation. It's USMCFoundation.org, MemorialFoundation.org, and they are raising money to remodel the uh, Marine Memorial out at Gold, in Gold, uh, yeah, I think it's in Golden. Uh, It's at Colfax and 6th Avenue, and one of the ways you can do that is to buy a brick uh, to honor um, someone in your family or a friend who has been in the military. So would highly rec- recommend that as well. Check that out. That is USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Our quote for today, and Rick Turnquest is our featured guest in segments three and four. He's written a, fi- a really important piece, Earth Day. And today is Earth Day, and I think we're all in agreement that we are to be good stewards of our Earth, and that includes good stewards of human beings. 
And also, it is uh, Lenin's birthday. You remember the Soviet dictator, uh, Vladimir Lenin. And he was born in 1870. He died in 1924. And uh, he was a Russian revolutionary politician and political theorist. He served as the first and founding head of the government of Soviet, Soviet Russia from 1917 to 1924 and the Soviet Union 1922 to 24. Under his administration, Russia, and then later the Soviet Union, became a one-party socialist state governed by the Communist Party. Ideologically a Marxist, he developed a subset of Marxism called Leninism. And when you heard the uh, the um, coming into the show today, where you had pulled that a long time ago, well over two years ago, when I mentioned something about an early childhood development taxing district producer, Steve. Think about that. In your typical Kansian response, what on earth is that? (laughs) Yes. And, And so it's just very appropriate for this quote, connect the dots. Here in Colorado, uh, there has been a proposal for an early childhood taxing district to give government more money uh, to indoctrinate our little kids. But this is what Vladimir Lenin said. He said, give me your four-year-olds, and in a generation, I will build a socialist state. Well, let's see. I'm thinking last fall in Virginia, specifically a county in northern Virginia, where they got so bent out of shape over parents having a say in what their kids were being taught. And now we see what's going on in Florida and Disney and what they want to do. It's This is very relevant. It is. And Colorado is at the tip of the spear. And I, I'm so excited. We have some representatives down at the State House who it's got to be tough being in the minority and continuing to try to keep people informed what's going on, going down there every day when you know that you are fighting this battle because Colorado is at the tip of the spear. And one of those great representatives is Mark Baisley, and he is on the phone with me right now. Representative Baisley, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Always an honor to be on the best radio show in Colorado. <laughs> oh, you say that to all the girls. Thank you for coming on the show. And there's a piece of legislation that you're very concerned about. Uh, tell our listeners about that, Representative Baisley. Sure. So this, uh, if, if folks are not familiar with health care uh, sharing ministries, this is something not insurance, but it's kind of akin to insurance. The idea of it came from churches who would see a need in a family, a medical expense that is the family could not cover for, you know, whatever reason. And uh, you take up the collection plate and uh, have a special love offering and so on. And you cover and you you pay for that out of the, out of the, uh, the uh, congregation. And that grew over many years into something bigger. In fact, uh, more organized uh, um, religions, denominations like the Mennonites and Mormons and so on, they formalized this um, long before Christian uh, Protestant churches kind of came up with an idea. But now there are about fifty to 60,000 people in Colorado who are members of these health care sharing ministries. And uh, some of them uh, actually are, are not uh, faith-based, but most of them are. That's, that's its origins. And the way they work is everyone commits to a, an amount, and it's a standard amount based on your family size, 
of your participation, and it's typically about one-half the cost of traditional insurance, healthcare insurance. And the idea is that you you commit to pay in, let's say, 550 bucks uh, a month for a family, uh, I think is about a typical amount, and then um, every month you are given, you're provided um, a family in need who who's, uh, uh, has a cancer surgery or something coming up, and you send your $550 directly to that person. So everyone cumulatively sends their their money to someone who's on this list in need. So it's a, it's a facilitation rather than the more traditional insurance where it's collected in a pool of money and the risk is shared and so on. So it is not insurance, very distinctively not insurance. Um, there was a bad actor a couple of years ago in this uh, field that uh, defrauded people of their cash. And that very, very unfortunately left an opening for the government, for the state government of Colorado to step in and involve themselves in this ministry of healthcare sharing. So um, what had happened, let me give the, uh, an important point in all this, is that uh, the attorney general, uh, our attorney general and the attorneys general from other states where this uh, fraudulent guy was working, um, they shut him down uh, just like they should have done. And that person's no longer uh, running a healthcare sharing um, practice, and they went away just like they should have. So people got hurt, but then there's lawsuits that, that follow and so on. Um, however, now um, this bill, 1269, that passed on second reading yesterday, is a bill that requires that all healthcare sharing ministries that operate within the state of Colorado begin reporting a lot of information to the Department of Insurance and specifically to the uh, to the uh, commissioner on uh, insurance. And so now here's the proverbial camel's nose under the tent mm-hmm. for um, the, the state to get its fingers in on a kind of a competitive outside of the uh, Obamacare mm-hmm. world. And it's really raising a, a great deal of concern. Yes, Representative Baisley, what we've now seen is I realize that these little um, camels nose under the tent, before you know it, the camel is in the tent. And that is uh, the real purpose on this. Obamacare, centralizing centralizing anything. is and, and today is Lennon's birthday. It's Earth Day. We're going to be talking with Rick Turnquest about that. But centralizing, that's, that's, the, that's the idea of big government, centralizing and, and getting rid of any competitors, which you mentioned here, this is about half the cost of what insurance might be for a family. And when government has gotten involved in health care, what has happened is the price has gone up significantly for people, their insurance premiums, also high deductibles. And we look at inflation now. These families, so many families are, are getting so squeezed. And now here we have a different option. And what you're saying, uh, Representative Baisley, is that down at the State House here in Colorado, this House Bill 22-1269 ultimately is going to take away choices for people, is what I hear. Well, yes, uh, it will. Ultimately, that is our fear, that it will take take away choices and that the regulations that just pile on, and it, it is nuts, the number of regulations that come through the, the process, the legislative process every year, um, that pile on to the healthcare industry, then they, I'm, I'm certain that they are anxious 
to apply them to the healthcare sharing ministry world as well. Um, and, and think about this. Here's here's you know in the in your in your typical big uh, uh, healthcare insurance program, you get a preauthorization for some surgery. I was recently uh, denied my preauthorization for an MRI for my shoulder injury. I was paid for that myself. Blah blah blah. But um, in the in the case of these healthcare sharing ministries, there is no preauthorization. Someone says, "I've got this injury. I have this need," and and uh, the cumulative uh, decides whether this is something that they all want to to uh, participate in, and they send them checks. There's not, they don't say, uh, "Oh, do you need that MRI or not?" They don't decide that, but the person's doctor decides that. Well, anyways, this where this will go, um, and we're very concerned about this. Is as I told you, the uh, the origin of it was um, churches. Well. We, we start realizing, gee, the, the language is so broad that it would include churches themselves who pass the plate to go pay for Aunt Clara's uh, uh, knee surgery that she's got to have, uh, someone in the congregation. So churches directly um, could have to start reporting also, or uh, a crowdfunding, um, you know, where oh, someone yeah. just, it so- could apply to all that. So we... we, we proposed amendments to clarify that that didn't happen and the sponsor said no we're not going to exclude them very deliberately oh representative Baisley, i really think that the radical activists play long ball and many times we don't realize the we think unintended consequences sometimes it is an intended consequence it sounds like you have figured that out and the fact that you would offer these amendments and they said no is uh, I think it's very telling. Uh, Representative Baisley, thank you for letting us know about this. Because we have um, one party down there at the State House right now, this is probably going to pass, but it's important that people understand that there is is, is um, something, uh, I don't know, I, would, I, I don't think I, nefarious, I don't know if that's the right word, but in a way it is. Because, I mean, I've thought about, um, people, you, you've seen crowdfunding for, say, somebody with a child with cancer. Uh, gosh, that might take away the, cho- the choices for people to help people like that from what you're saying. That's right. And it's funny you should use the word nefarious because the sponsor of the bill specifically called the, the churches who could be hiding under uh, this, as she put it, she called that nefarious. Oh, my gosh. Representative oh Baisley, how do you want to butt th- button this up for everybody today? Um, well, I'm calling on churches to, to stop being so, so timid about their involvement in public policy. Stand up for yourselves and uh, contact me. Contact me at, uh, I'll give my cell phone number real fast, 720-626-0727. I'm uh, encouraging churches to uh, petition the governor to veto this bill. Okay, and that's 720-626-0727, correct, Representative Baisley? Correct. Okay, thank you for uh, getting on so quickly to let us know about that. And it is time for churches to stand up, um, because uh, if we if we don't, then um, we're, we're continuing down a very dangerous road. Representative Baisley, thank you so much. 
Thank you, Kim. Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we have another one of our uh, great representatives. Representative Stephanie Luck is on the line to let us know about another piece of, or another um, project that she's working on. So stay tuned. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. On the line with me is Representative Stephanie Luck, and uh, she is doing something I think is very creative. She wants to find out from Colorado citizens uh, their stories about COVID-19, how COVID-19 policies have impacted them. Representative Luck, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me this early morning. Uh, It's great to have you here. And again, thank you for your service. Uh, As I mentioned to Representative Baisley, uh, for you all to go down there every day and fight this battle is is just really, um, it's really appreciated. So thank you. Tell us about this survey. So the survey is actually connected with a House joint resolution that Representative Williams and I have put forth. Uh, So the resolution is in response to a number of studies that are coming out to show that it was our response, our government's responses to COVID that caused all sorts of harm to our communities. Um, And we need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that the decisions we made actually exacerbated a lot of the problems that we faced over the last couple of years and to acknowledge the people who have suffered as a result. And so we have put forth a survey to gather data to understand how these different policies impacted people. And we're wanting to then use that information to supplement our presentation in committee when this House Joint Resolution goes before um, other legislators for consideration. And basically what this resolution would do is say, we, we realize that the policies that were implemented at the government level had damaging impacts on businesses, on students, on families, on on health, on suicide rates, on um, just a range of issues, and and had no real impact 
on reducing the spread of COVID or the mortality associated with COVID. And so we are recognizing that, we're naming that, and we're apologizing as a state to all of those people who have been harmed. We're asking forgiveness from them, and we are committing to learn from these lessons and not make the same mistakes next time. So that's basically what the resolution would do. This is this is so important. Uh, and again, many times I'll say something about COVID-19 and what it did to our economy. <clears throat> and, and I always have um, friends of mine, people reach out and say it wasn't COVID-19. It was the, the reaction to that that caused the problem. <clears throat> so this is very important. And I, I've got to talk to Zach on how we're going to handle this because uh, Christina had asked if we put it on our website. And I'm not... <laughs> We'll have to figure that out. I know for sure we will have it in the daily recap today, and that will be a place that people can go and uh, put the information in. But we'll, I'll, I'll be in touch with you on how we can, how we can handle that. But the time is probably pretty important because we're coming in on the end of the legis- legislative sessions soon. And it's like fastening your seatbelt. I can't imagine all the bad stuff that's still going to be coming down the pike. But uh, how, how soon do you want people to, be, um, to tell their stories on this? Well, so, so the sooner the better in terms of filling out the survey. The resolution itself has not yet been scheduled in committee, and we don't know when that will happen. Obviously, we have approximately two and a half weeks remaining of this session, so it has to be scheduled pretty, pretty quickly. The other thing, though, um, is that they may not actually schedule it. <laughs> they may just allow it to die on the calendar and never have a full hearing. But if it is scheduled, then we would love for people to come down and tell their stories and just let the committee know that this is how they were impacted. One of the ladies who testified on a previous bill of mine, she lost her husband to COVID, and she had been fighting for particular medications to be given to him. They were denied her because of government policy. They were denied um, her husband because of government policy, and she was denied access to see him, and so he passed without her being present um, because of government policy. And so, you know, her, her grief has been multiplied as a result of the circumstances surrounding her husband's death and when we were talking to her about this resolution she she said you know this will be so important to my healing and to my ability to to move forward um, so that somebody does acknowledge that you know <laughs> that it wasn't that it wasn't right that these things weren't right and we you know we, we know of business owners who spent eight ten twenty years building up a business only to see all of their hard work and sacrifice be destroyed because of the government's response to to COVID. Okay, uh, Representative Luck, I'm looking at the survey right now, and um, people can, uh, you know, go through this. It says, I was impacted in the following way or ways. Uh, please check the boxes that apply. Increase in mental health problems. Well, I, I've talked to so many parents that are so concerned about their children, or phys- uh, increase in physical health problems. Unable to visit your doctor, unable to get necessary medications or treatments. This unable to say goodbye to a friend or family who died in the hospital nursing home is absolutely cruel. Um, But anyway, lots of information there. So people need to go and fill this out. And um, one other thing, because I went down and testified this earlier this week at the Capitol, people can actually testify via online as well, right? 
That's right. So there are three ways that people can testify. They can testify in writing. So they can um, write something up and email it in, and that gets added to our our folder for that particular bill. They can come in and in person, as was traditionally done, or they can basically Zoom in and, and participate remotely. And Representative Luck, there always there is healing once somebody is able to tell their story and it's acknowledged. It's there is, is healing and closure in that. And this is so important as we look back at what happened under the COVID nineteen Wuhan China virus uh, government reaction to this. So this is, I think, even more important than and then I had really realized until we started to talk about this, this healing for Coloradans. This is really a beautiful thing that you and Representative Williams are working on. Well, and that's really our heart and our our intention behind this is to allow for people to release some of that grief and to be seen and to be to be acknowledged for what they have endured and, and suffered and experienced. You know, as leaders, we make decisions all the time, and we may have the best of intentions, just like parents. You know, we have, they have the best of intentions, but sometimes they they overdiscipline or they they make the wrong choices, and it behooves us to just be humble and to come and say, you know what, we screwed up, and 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 we apologize, um, and you know, to to speak that over Colorado and to allow the people who who have been carrying around such pain um, to, to release that is, I think, going to be very important for our communities in order to move forward into the next season, whatever that may hold. Okay. Uh, then we'll talk after the show. We'll definitely have the link in today's uh, daily show recap. And then I'll talk with Zach and we'll see if we can figure out a way to get a landing page on the website as well. But uh, so all you listeners out there, be sure and check out today's recap once we have that posted. And Representative Luck, perhaps maybe we should have you on again next week as uh, this resolution is making its way through so that we can re-remind people about this. I I would be happy to to come back and join you. Thank you. Thank you for your good work on that. Thank you. Okay, and we're going to go to break, but before we do that, we had not talked about, we've talked about two bills, but not the bill of the day that Patty had uh, pulled out, and this is House Bill 22-1317, and the primary sponsors are Representative Carrie Tipper, Democrat, and Senator Jeff Bridges, Democrat, and it's a bill um, concerning restrictive employment agreements, and basically it's um, government getting in the business of uh, non-compete agreements between employees and employers. And that is not the proper role of government. Employees and employers should be able to come together and make their agreements. And if one or the other doesn't like it, then move on. But uh, this is not the proper role of government. And uh, again, that's House Bill 22-1317. And before we go to break, Hooters Restaurants is another great sponsor of the show. And they have great specials. But one of them is their burger special. And this is Monday through Friday, $11. uh, $11. And they have several different choices. Their mushroom Swiss burger, bacon blue burger, Southwest burger, Western burger, mac and cheese burger, or the Cali burger. And again, that's Monday through Friday. Great place to get together with friends. $11 for their burger special. We'll be right back with Rick Turnquist. 
The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. We don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson. M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim KimMunson.com. Um, that uh, is in honor of Rick Turnquest. It's a Turnquest Friday, and he has uh, moved to Oklahoma. And I think uh, producer Charlie and producer Steve have had a lot of fun with the bumper music for you, Rick Turnquest. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, Kim. I, I was uh, sitting here laughing out loud when I heard the bumper music come on. I, I actually don't know where Muskogee is, and I don't smoke marijuana. <laughs> well, there's two things on your... <laughs> Call, what's a, oh, your bucket list. Well, let's say one thing. He needs to go find out where Muskogee <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Rick Turnquest. Today, April 22nd, it is Earth Day. It's also Vladimir Lenin's birthday. And uh, this piece that you've written is really well done. But we've got to talk about the image that Zach came up with. I looked at that, and I laughed out loud on that one, too. Oh, yeah. I as always, uh, Zach did a great job with this one, and uh, you know, seeing seeing uh, Vladimir Lenin's face in, with Jim Morrison's hair is pretty amazing, <laughs> and uh, it's it's well beyond my my skills with Photoshop to to do something like that. So, kudos to Zach for a thinking it up and b uh, having the technical skills to to put it together. Right, and then in the background is the Earth. It's he, exactly. he's, he's so creative. Mm-hmm. He's so creative. So, okay, this is really an important piece, Rick. Uh, so where do you want to start? Well, let's let's start by what you by touching on what you said at the top of the show, Kim. We we really do have a responsibility as human beings to be good stewards of the of the earth and the blessings that we have uh, with living on this planet, and that really involves being conscious of what you're doing, being aware, uh, you know, not not deliberately wasting things, uh, taking care to uh, protect the environment when, when you can and, and so forth. But at the same time, we have to recognize that Earth Day, while it's a great idea uh, to, to, to celebrate this beautiful planet that we live on, it also has uh, significant roots in leftist ideology and is a is a tool in the arsenal of the left to uh, to tear down the modern life that we all enjoy. Well, and I remember as a kid, we would many times my grandparents would refer to God's green earth. And I always I always thought that, yeah, it's God's green earth. We have a responsibility. 
But leftists, radical activists, leftists, it's so remarkable. They can take something that is good, something that people care about, and they hijack it to push for their ideology. And ultimately, what we're now seeing is that they don't believe in human flourishing for everyday people. And that seems to be the bottom line. And that that is what is so concerning to me, Rick. Well, that's exactly right, Kim. And the fact is that if you look at all of their agenda items uh, in objective terms, they, they don't promote human flourishing. And that's why I, I, I say Democrats are exactly wrong on just about everything, because if your goal is human flourishing, their policy uh, agenda produces the exact opposite. And, and we can see that in, in the environmental space as well. Uh, I was down at the Broadmoor at the Hillsdale Leadership Conference um, Wednesday and Thursday, Lucky and you. yeah, and it, it was it was a delight. A lot of a lot of work to do, but one of the things uh, that I, I would say as a takeaway, and Laura Logan was one of the speakers, is that we look at these policies of the Biden administration, and I always want to clarify these Democrat policies. This Democrat party is not, is not the party of JFK. This has been hijacked by radical activist leftists. And so it's important, if you're a blue dog Democrat, libertarian, unaffiliated, Republican, conservative, that's, I think, the big, broad part of America. And I think we need to be careful that we let people know, that we need to let people walk away from this Democrat party. And... Um, and what these policies are. But ultimately, when we look at the policies of the Biden administration and we say, could they be that incompetent? Could they could you know, what is the agenda there? And is their agenda actually an attack upon everyday American people and that they know exactly what they're doing? And I think the answer is yes. And I've really struggled with that since yesterday that that we might actually have those in our government now that really dislike the American people, this this modern life that we have, because their policies look like they are trying to take us out. Well, I, that's funny you mentioned that because I just posted something on Twitter yesterday, the day before, wondering whether it was something I saw in the Wall Street Journal. Um, and it, I, was, I was actually wondering whether one of their policy ideas was was just gross incompetence or, or active evil. Oh, I remember what it was. <clears throat> the, <clears throat> the Biden administration is killing a program that would actually enhance our national defense and and give Vladimir Putin pause in using nuclear weapons uh, in his in his quest to to subdue the sovereign com- country of Ukraine. So. Uh, it's hard to know. It's hard to know really whether it's just stupidity or, or active evil uh, with some of their with some of their policies. But uh, I asked the question yesterday on Twitter, and and uh, you know I was really appalled to, to to read what I read yesterday and and see that. And but we see it throughout. Uh, it's like when you had Mark uh, Representative Baisley on earlier uh, talking about how the the state assembly wants to uh, add onerous requirements to uh, voluntary faith based uh, programs to help people with their uh, health insurance costs. It's, it's just unconscionable. So Earth, Earth Day, <clears throat> how, how do you think they 
<clears throat> excuse me, Rick, how have they actually hijacked Earth Day for leftist um, policies? Well, when you look back at the origins of Earth Day, um, from my research, I found that um, there was a guy named uh, John McConnell who was a who was a devout Christian, and he was also a, 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 an activist in the in the sixties. Uh, he was uh, he was kind of probably on the left himself. I, I haven't found anything to to actually say that, but he he proposes a day to honor the Earth and the goal of world peace, and he wanted to have it be on the uh, equinox, the spring equinox in the northern hemisphere, which is about March twenty first, but. And, and he spoke about it at a conference, and then other people jumped on board uh, to to promote the idea. And uh, one of those was a was a United States senator who uh, was named Gaylord Nelson. He was a Democrat from Wisconsin, and he he picked up the idea and, and moved it forward. And he wanted to have a teach-in uh, and call it Earth Day. And for those of us, uh, you know, I, I certainly am old enough to remember that in the 1960s, I was a child growing up, and teach-ins were where they where they had these uh, gatherings of people to uh, activate against the uh, Vietnam War and the United States government involvement in, in the Vietnam War. So they wanted to have a teach-in for Earth Day. And Nelson hired a young activist named Dennis Hayes to coordinate the first event. And that's uh, kind of the, the genesis of the whole thing. And then uh, years ago, I was reading a true crime book, and it was about uh, men who, who had murdered their wives, and, and one of the st- or wives and girlfriends. And, and one of them was a story about Ira Einhorn, and it said that in this book that he was one of the founders of Earth Day. And I've tried to research, do more research to corroborate that statement, and I haven't found anything that actually gives me comfort in, in saying that that's actually a true fact. But he, he definitely, numerous sources uh, put him as one of the speakers at the inaugural event in, in Philadelphia. And I, I feel like his association with the, with the concept in the beginning uh, certainly tarnishes um, the idea of Earth Day along with the fact that the, the people who coordinated the first event uh, picked Lenin's birthday. And numerous sources say that they picked Lenin's birthday deliberately. Uh, to to have the first Earth Day, and it's worth noting that in the 1950s, uh, I believe it was uh, Joseph Stalin before he died, had had said that April 22nd was going to be a national Soviet holiday uh, to celebrate the ideology of communism, which uh, was was the reigning uh, philosophy in in the Soviet Union at the time. Well, and Stalin, under his um, <clears throat> leadership, I get and that I have that in air quotes. Uh, I think nearly 60 million people died when he was in power and during his reign. Is that is that correct? Oh, yeah. Lots. Yeah. There's a there's a book. It's called The Great Big Book of Horrible Things. And uh, it lists all these uh, mass extinction events throughout history. And, and definitely Joseph Stalin has way more people uh dead to his credit than uh than than Hitler did and uh and Mao Zedong actually has uh has a similar number of of dead people uh to his credit and and they're both perpetrators of the ideology of communism which doesn't produce human flourishing it produces the opposite it produces uh, mountains of dead bodies why, why, oh, why, oh, why, here in America, are we not teaching our kids about this? How many kids do we, do we know? How many parents have we 
talked with that their their kids have gone off to college, uh, they're coming now out of high school, thinking socialism is is a good thing. And socialism ultimately has to come down to force. And I think it's the gateway drug to or the gateway to communism. Right. So. I actually wrote a uh, essay about this on my on my blog to advancedfreedom.com. It's called On Socialism, where I kind of explore these ideas. And I don't know why the school. Well, actually, I do know why. And the reason is because back in the '60s, the the hard left, the international left, uh, settled on the idea that in order to in order to bring about the socialist revolution they want, they need to educate the children. So these 1960s activists became active in education in America. And through the means of public schools, they they have gotten to where they're teaching uh, leftist indoctrination in in government schools funded with our tax money. And this is a real problem, and it's something that, and this is why school board races, even though they're supposedly nonpartisan and, and kind of unimportant, they're the actual front line of the, of the battle against uh, progressive ideas. And that's why school board races are so important. But that's, 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 to answer your question, it's because they're educated to think that socialism is good and capitalism is bad, when in fact, by any objective measures, the exact opposite is true. Well, and what they're teaching them <clears throat> is really that uh, instead of capitalism, what cronyism is, and cronyism is bad, and that's where big government and big business like each other. Uh, capitalism is the free exchange of uh, value between individuals. And... And it's so frustrating that our kids are not being taught that. The the thing with COVID-19, the Wuhan China virus, and the reaction to that, though, is something that I never, th- I, I don't think that the leftists ever thought about when they were doing these onerous lockdowns. And that is, is that parents then were seeing how their kids were being educated because I wondered how we would ever make a change in education. And this is kind of the silver lining to this COVID uh, cloud is that parents have seen what's happened. And it is remarkable how people are stepping forward, running for office, getting involved. That's true. And and COVID has been overall, I think, just uh, a disaster for for our country and for the world. Uh, There have been a couple of silver linings. Uh, One of them is indeed that parents have seen how their children are being educated and and just exactly how much sway over the public school systems the teachers unions have. So there's there's a significant uh, groundswell of revolt coming. I'm actually thinking about exploring that uh, that topic a little bit further. But uh, but yeah, it's it's COVID was kind of a uh, uh, a dream come true for your progressive left because they they wanted to grow government they wanted to increase government power and they and they and they went overboard and we're seeing this uh, even now with uh, with a federal judge striking the uh, mask mandate that the Biden administration wants to keep in place for public transportation and you know I wore a mask uh, last month to fly out of town and and it was the first time in in, in weeks that I that I'd had to wear a mask and it was just oh come on I'm so done with this <laughs> well and yesterday we had on Leslie Manukian who is the health freedom defense fund. They're the ones that um, filed that complaint. And we also had the lead attorney on. 
And uh, it's it's exciting what has happened. And can you believe it? The Biden administration, the DOJ, is uh, going to appeal that decision. I- of course. <laughs> It's not about health. It's not about science. It's about control. And uh, they just can't give up. They just can't give it up. So they're going to appeal it. And I, I sincerely hope that uh, they, they fall flat on their faces with that. Well, <laughs> um, if they fall flat on their face, well, I wonder if they'll have a mask on. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not. Many of those uh, people that are all about masking don't wear masks themselves. That, so, uh, that's true. It's, it's just what we've seen in, 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 in communist societies. The, the elites live a life that's uh, to be envied by the, by the masses who are living in poverty and uh, it, that's how it was in the Soviet Union, and that's how it is now. We have these these gateway. We have these people who are fabulously wealthy, thanks to capitalism, who are who are warring on capitalism and, and on uh, limited government. And it just it blows my mind how how they can not understand what makes it possible for them to live the way they do. The hypocrisy is remarkable. Uh, It's a TurnQuest Friday. Rick TurnQuest is on the line, and he's written a very important piece regarding Earth Day. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. But I want to give a shout-out to another great sponsor of the show. That's Kirsch Insurance Group. They're specialists in the Medicare arena. Government's involved in Medicare, so it makes it complicated. And it's so good to have somebody on your side of the table, and that would be Kirsch Insurance Group. And um, Marlon, Naomi, uh, Danielle, all of them over there can help you with that, any of your questions. And again, it's good to have them on your side of the table. Their website is ikirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. ikirsch.com. We'll be right back with Rick Turnquist. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N. SON.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. That bumper music, that's one of my most favorite songs in the whole world. Uh, Rick Turnquist, before we get back to our conversation, our America's Veterans Story show on Sunday at 3 is actually, I interviewed two of my cousins. I'm one of 24 grandchildren. And we had always heard this, the name of Wilbur Newton, which was uh, my father's cousin who was killed at Pearl Harbor. And just within the last few years, the United States Navy uh, has identified remains. A a lot of these uh, sailors, they were put into common grave, a number of their remains. And the U.S. Navy is actually 
identified his remains, and they are going to bring him home to Mound City, Missouri, where he grew up, and that's going to happen on uh, May 28th. As it's, um, they'll fly his, his remains from Hawaii to Kansas City, and then uh, there will be a, a, a funeral, and he will be laid to rest at home. And two of my cousins have gotten really involved in it, as well as my brother, and we thought it would be good to tell that story. And that, so you'll hear that this Sunday at 3. It's a pretty remarkable story. So Rick Turnquest... Uh, I, Bringing our, 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 our uh, soldiers, sailors, Marines, everyone home, that's always what they've always said is, um, if something happens to me, bring me home. So it's a big deal for our family. Well, it certainly is a big deal. And, and my, my gratitude to your family for your, uh, for your father's cousin's yes. service. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm, I'm so glad that you'll be able to bring him home and, and um, put him to rest. And I'm glad the Navy's doing that. That's, that's really um, it's a good thing. It's probably long overdue, but it's certainly a good thing that they're doing that. Yeah. And thank you also for what you're doing with your World War, uh, your veteran stories. I mean, this is important, uh, important history that uh, is being lost as these uh, greatest generation people are, are dying. And, and so it's so important to have this preserved for, for us today and for future generations. Well, thanks, Rick. It's my honor to get to do that. And this is a remarkable country. And it is under attack from leftist policies. And uh, you have written a great piece, The Pillars of Modern Life. And tell us what those three pillars are. And then you've also, in this piece on Earth Day, you have the dark side of renewable energy. So what are those pillars of modern life? Well, let's touch on the pillars of modern life. It's um, one of the most important pieces I think I've ever written, and it's on your website, Kim, uh, or you can just Google the pillars of modern life, Kim Monson, and it'll take you. It's the first hit on Google when when you want to search for it. Yeah. So, uh, the three pillars of of modern life, in my opinion, are uh, are free market capitalism, which is the only socioeconomic system that's been demonstrated to lift people from poverty consistently over the centuries. And I want to point out the so-called defects of capitalism are not due to capitalism itself, but to artificial interference in free markets by government and large entrenched businesses. Uh, People talk about crony capitalism. I I prefer to call it crony statism because that's what it is. Uh, The second pillar is limited government. Uh, We can see throughout history that when governments are limited, economies grow and flourish. When they are out of control uh, or completely out of control, as in uh, communist Soviet uh, Soviet Union, economies uh, do terribly. And we can see since just in America, since we uh, put Democrats in power, the economy is, is tanking in this and it's just the, these things are related, and people should understand that. And finally, when it comes to energy, uh, it was fossil fuels and our development of technologies to harness these natural resources that enabled us to build the civilization we now enjoy. And it's true, early stage technologies, there were significant uh, problems associated with using fossil fuels, but it's also true over time, these, these uh, problems have largely been mitigated. We have cleaner air now than we did. 40, 50 years ago, we have more fuel-efficient cars, we burn cleaner gasoline. Uh, Coal, which is so hated by the left, is now being replaced uh, by clean, burning natural gas. Uh, Nuclear power is always an option, which doesn't generate any carbon emissions at all. Um, and and it's all being it's all being thrown under the bus, if you will, by by what I believe is is a mass delusion, which is the uh, delusion that human activity on the planet is causing the planet to warm or or to cause climate change. And 
you know, before the, the haters jump on board and, oh, no, it's real, it's real. Well, I actually do believe that climate change is happening because I believe it's part of a natural cycle of this earth, which has been around for billions of years. Um, but I don't think that we are causing it. And I believe that we can use our technologies to mitigate the effects of climate change and to live uh, fruitful and flourishing lives. Well, and uh, yes, the climate does change. At one point in time, uh, Colorado was a tropical rainforest. At another time during the Ice Age, woolly mammoths were um, walking around here in Colorado. So the climate does change. And when you talk about mitigating it, so if it's getting warmer during the summer, uh, actually then you could have fossil fuels that would be providing air conditioning, which would make it more comfortable and, and contribute to uh, human flourishing. If it's yes, cold, exactly. we have fossil fuels that would warm our homes. And so that and so this war on fossil fuels becomes a war on, again, human flourishing. It, it's a war on our modern life. And uh, it, it makes no sense. And, and, you know, I'm a Colorado native. I've spent most of my life in Colorado. And I can tell you on mornings in February when it's 10 degrees below zero, I'm very grateful for the fact that my home is being heated with natural gas. And here in Oklahoma, a couple months ago, I was on the radio with you one morning, and it was uh, it was 10 degrees outside, which is pretty darn cold here with the humidity. And uh, and I was grateful that I was living that I was in a home that was heated by natural gas. So, all these people who agitate against fossil fuels are sitting in homes or offices heated with natural gas using electricity, which is generated by fossil fuels, to advocate for the end of fossil fuels. It's just the, the disconnect between their minds and, and the real world we live in is just, it's just amazing to me that they, they can actually think the way they do. And they all want to, they all believe that, that renewable, so-called renewable energy is the answer. But let's face it, renewable energy as a whole, which includes hydroelectric, geothermal, and biomass energy, which is burning waste and, and wood, basically, uh, accounts for a mere 12% of our, of our overall energy production. And wind and solar, which the left loves so much, only accounts for about 11% of our, of our electrical production and 4% of our overall energy production. So to think that these sources of energy can, can magically grow to 100% of our energy needs, is, it's, it's a childish fantasy, and, and it, it's not to be taken seriously. And it, I think it would be funny if it weren't for the fact that so many elected officials at every level of government do take it seriously and base public policy on it. Well, yes, and uh, and we we see that front and center here in Colorado with the policies um, on a consistent basis. I mean, uh, uh, XL is closing down coal fi- clean burning coal uh, coal burning plants, and and our we, there's no plan to replace that energy, from what I can tell. We've got a couple of minutes left, Rick. How do you want to button this up? This is such a great piece. Recommend that people go check that out at my website. Uh, KimMunson.com. It's titled Earth Day. How do you want to button this up, Rick? Well, I think I want to try to make two points real quick. First is people are, people grow up, young people grow up thinking socialism is a great thing without really understanding what it is. And I think that the same is true of, of uh, so-called renewable energy. And people need to understand that 
renewable energy, wind turbines and solar panels specifically, have significant environmental costs of their own that people may not be aware of because it's not talked about very much in the media. But I found two sources that I would consider to be left of center that, that talk about some of the problems with uh, with renewable energy technologies that I mentioned in the piece here. So let's let's just finish up by, by celebrating the be- beautiful blue planet we live on and, and the United States of America where we live. And uh, let's let's think about uh, how we can preserve the ideas of the American founding and and vote appropriately in uh, in the next election, which is is coming up real soon. Uh, very very much so, Rick Turnquist. Thank you so much. I always love our Turnquist Fridays, and uh, your pe- your essays are very good. I think this is also one of your very best, called Earth Day. Well, thanks, Kim. It was great to be on the radio with you today, and uh, have a good uh, weekend. Okay. And uh, our quote for today is from Vladimir Lenin. And he said this, why should freedom of speech and freedom of the press be allowed? Why should a government which is doing what it believes to be right allow itself to be criticized? It would not allow opposition by lethal weapons. Um, Ideas are much more fatal things than guns. Why should any man be allowed to buy a printing press and disseminate pernicious opinions calculated to embarrass the government? That's Vladimir Lenin, so antithetical to the American founding. So, my friends, today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. This is our time in history. And thank you to this team I work with. That's producers Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Jen, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday to you, producer Steve. Finally Friday. (laughs) Finally Friday. And in studio with me at at a different time. We've added on this new hour. Uh, We're now on 6 to 8. And it was a TurnQuest Friday in the first hour, and it is a Karen Levine, Lauren Levy Friday in the second hour. Karen Levine, great to have you. Great to be here. Do you like this later time? I will say that extra hour of sleep is very nice. You like that. Lauren Levy, how about you? It's not a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) Be better in the winter. (laughs) Much better in the winter, for sure. Uh, Boy, we've got a, a lot to talk about. This human flourishing there's just been this assault uh, on human flourishing. And one of the great things about human flourishing is the middle America and home ownership. And Karen, it is under assault. You and I, we, it's taken us a while to figure it out, but it's public policy that's, uh, that's causing all this. 
totally, Kim. And I just left, um, spent the last three days up in Vail with the Colorado Association of Realtors. And we were talking about many topics, but one of them was what's happening down at the state capitol. And we have 40 bills coming up. Coming up, We've already addressed many bills this session that will affect housing and home ownership and private property rights. 40, is that in the next two and a half weeks? Uh-huh. Uh, I said, fasten your seatbelt. All the bad stuff's going to be coming now. Yeah. And, and they, I think they do that um, so in hopes of people are not paying attention. Okay, well, we're going to have to really pay attention then on that. And Lauren Levy, interest rates. Oh, my gosh. Uh, to buy a home. Mm-hmm. It, it, people are really getting squeezed as well. They are. And it's, we, Karen and I were just talking on the way up. It's just happened so fast that mm-hmm. it's been hard to react. So you could be looking for a house, especially with the inventory, the, the status of the inventory. You know, if it's taken you a month or two to look, your payment has adjusted probably several hundred dollars just while you've Boy, been looking, you know? It really affects people. So we'll delve into that in segments two and three. Uh, last segment is our call-in, 303-477-5600. Want to know what's on your radar? Uh, Karen and Lauren will be in studio and can answer questions on that as well. Um, America's Veteran Stories, I, um, I mentioned, I guess it was in the last hour, uh, and there's something so interesting that's happening with my family. I'm one of 24 grandchildren. And uh, my dad's cousin, we always had heard about him, Wilbur Newton, who had been killed at Pearl Harbor. And the Navy has actually uh, identified his remains. And on May 28th, they well, I guess the week before, they'll be flying his remains from Hawaii to Kansas City uh, Airport. And uh, there will be a service for him on May 28th in his hometown, Mound City, Missouri, to bring him home and put him to his final resting place. And two of my cousins have gotten really involved in this. My brother's been involved as well. But I thought it'd be great to interview them. And that's what the show is about on on um, Sunday, is bringing Wilbur Newton home. And uh, Karen, you are a great sponsor of that show. And I, I can tell you, you, this is just touching your heart, isn't it? Well, it is. I'm. That's why you do the show, is to hear these stories and to hear still that American spirit and the fact that we still take care of our veterans. And your show does that in memorializing these stories and bringing them to light um, because it's our history and it's who we are. And honoring our military personnel. Mm-hmm. And Lauren Levy, you're also a great sponsor of the show. Yep, and it's it's amazing to see that they haven't given up on these folks, you know. That I know. still, after all these years, identifying remains. and It... it, it it's heartwarming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay, let's uh, let's do just a few other things. And if you want to honor someone who in your family, uh, you can do that by buying a brick and honoring your loved one. The USMC Memorial Foundation is raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Colfax and Sixth Avenue. And I purchased a brick for my father last year for Father's Day, and he was absolutely thrilled. And Producer Steve, I know that you've purchased um, a couple of those bricks as well for the USMC Memorial Foundation. Yes, we did. And uh, actually, I'd I'd go back and do it again. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yes, it's a great way to... um, honor someone or you can just donate if uh, and that that would be helpful as well because um, Paula Sarles has been working really hard on making this happen also uh, changing um, uh, just a little bit our media training workshop with Helen Raleigh is next Saturday April 30th 8 30 a.m. to 12 30 p.m. 
And whether or not you are an elected representative or running for office or helping somebody run for office or just want to hone your communication uh, skills, this is a great workshop. Helen was just on Newsmax. Uh, She's on national media on a regular basis. She's a senior uh, uh, contributor to The Federalist. And it's a really great opportunity, so we'd love to have you join us. With that, you can go to my website and register there. Our um, Let's get over here to our bill of the day. And we had actually three bills of the day because we had Representative Mark Baisley on and Representative Luck on in the last hour. But this bill of the day is um, primary sponsors, Representative Kerry Tipper, Democrat, and Senator Jeff Bridges, Democrat. And it's regarding... Uh, It says restrictive employment agreements or covenants not to compete that restricts the right of any person to receive compensation for performance of labor for any employer employer is void with certain exceptions. And this is not the proper proper role of government to get into the agreement between an employer and an employee. And so this, again, is not the proper role of government. Uh, It's House Bill 22-13-17. If an employer and an employee come to an agreement regarding a non-compete, if the employee leaves, that should be their right to do so. Lauren Levy, what do you think? That's funny you said that because I remember this, something like this going on 20 years ago when I had a friend in a different industry that was leaving a company and mm-hmm. going to either start their – I can't remember if they were starting their own or going to another company and it ended up, it ended up in court, mm-hmm. which is probably where it belongs because mm-hmm. um, it's a contractual thing and that's who sorts out contracts and – but it's the same exact same thing as over a non compete, so it's still going on. Yeah, it is. But I don't think that I don't think that we should have legislation saying that uh, you can't do that. No, I think it's it's an agreement. Where the court comes yeah. into play if you have a disagreement. Yeah. You know? Yep. Absolutely, Karen. You want to weigh in on that? Well, I would comment just the fact that that is frustrating um, <laughs> from the standpoint that government needs to stay out of that again what lauren said it's between an employer and an employee and the world the um ideal capitalistic environment would afford me the opportunity to better myself by leaving or staying Mm -hmm. and that's my choice and the freedoms that i was given and why is the government in the middle of this oh because somebody didn't it didn't go well for them maybe it it could be but and it seems like any time maybe it didn't go well for someone, as Mark Baisley had said, then government, it gives government an excuse to come in and put forth legislation that takes more control. And we need to be working towards limited government instead of government getting bigger. Let's go to break. In studio with me is Lauren Levy. He's a mortgage specialist uh, with Polygon Financial Group. Karen Levine, uh, she is a realtor with REMAX Alliance. We're going to talk about the housing market, interest rates, things that are really in inflation, things that are really affecting us. We'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. 
You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. And before we get over here to Lauren Levy and Karen Levine, another great sponsor of the show is Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz with Three Points Financial. And I always learn so much uh, when they're on the show about financial success. And Mary, today, inflation is... Is rampant. I was uh, down at the Broadmoor for the Hillsdale Leadership Conference, and Kim Strasso with the Wall Street Journal spoke. And inflation it looks like it's being reported at 8.5%, but realistically, it's probably a lot higher than that. How do people budget during a high inflation time, Mary Alpers? Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm good. Um, uh, I... Uh I, it is something that has become very, very evident and is on all of our minds. Um, I first want to correct something from last week. I think I mentioned that the I-bonds were 20-year bonds. They're actually 30-year bonds, and I okay. think it's important to be accurate. Um, anytime after five years, you can redeem them with full interest earned, but they are 30 years. Um, and and actually, Mary, years. why don't you explain those I-bonds again? And, because they're super important now that we're in this high inflationary time, and a lot of people don't know the, uh, about them. Oh, okay. An I-bond is um, a U.S. Treasury bond that it, it just every six months for impl- inflation, the beginning of May and the beginning of November. And we really recommend them to our clients um, as a good savings mechanism. It's not something you jump in and out of. The limit is $10,000 a year per person. And there are some people on the Fed board lobbying to raise it to $100,000 per person. But And they were <laughs> ironically uh, introduced by President Al Gore. Or Vice President Al Gore. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, Vice President, yes. And, and it's really a, uh, it's a great way to save because for a while nobody paid any attention to them because the inflation factor was low. But they're coming out at uh, what is believed to be 9.6% at the beginning of May. And um, they were 7 point something last November. So we had a lot of clients that went online. It's not a real friendly site, but they did go online to get those in 21. And now in 2022, we're encouraging people to do that again. And if you just keep doing this, the bonds will, will ride the new interest rates. And it's, it's a good way to build up savings that are keeping up with inflation. Okay. And you, those are 30-year bonds. So, After five years, you can redeem them and uh, you get full interest, right? That. And you can redeem them after one year, too, but you lose the last three months of interest, so you kind of eaten up most of the benefit. Got it. So you should think of them in five-year you know, five or longer terms. It's not something you jump in and out of because, you know, it looks good right now. Just, but uh, I was going to talk about some other things uh, that are short-term that can help, too. But with budgeting um, for inflation, it's more important now that you review what you maybe thought was fine a couple years ago. Um, for instance, um, 
we well, we recommend you do a six month look back, and when by doing that, you're going to see a change, most likely in the cost of some of the things that you have been spending your money on. We also recommend building an inflation emergency fund um, and continue to add to it. The goal, depending on if you're self-employed or if there's two of you working or one income or the security of your job or your health or your age, anywhere up to three or more months of cash in emergency should be set aside. And even in a Roth account, if that's all you have to put it in. And if you're young, it will take some time, but you will get there. I also recommend going at least up to the company match in a 401k or 403b and also adding to a Roth because the investments you can then purchase will help keep up with inflation. Another thing is to shop wisely, um, plan and trips, conserve conserve gas, kind of basic, but a lot of people didn't worry about that for Mm -hmm. many years. Mm -hmm. Um, Pay off debt, particularly credit card, getting rid of it. Um, and evaluate if your pay is commensurate with your work. If not, consider asking for a raise. Um, it is, you know, it takes, you have to really decide if that's a wise thing to do. But we have a cash flow spending plan on our website that divides up into three sections, the fixed necessary expenses such as rent, mortgage, utilities, insurance, and transportation that's necessary. And, um, and then semi-fixed, which is food, clothing, child care, options that you might be able to make changes on but not eliminate. And discretionary, which is eating out, vacation, personal. In other words, usually the fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we recommend you pay attention to those and, and look at them and see where your money lies and make sure that you're taking care of what you need to for your family. Um, you pay attention when you pay bills and when you shop. Um, and note what is most increasing and see if it's something that you can change. Uh, We also recommend evaluating your insurance payments and evaluate all necessary, um, I'm sorry, all unnecessary discretionary, such as entertainment. And some of them could be very simple, just things at home, such as Netflix, Amazon Mm -hmm. Prime Cable, things like that. Okay. But I found a website, and, and she doesn't know I'm promoting this, but her name is Kristen, and it's called joyfullythriving.com. And okay. I started looking at it, and I thought, this, she's a young mom, and I just think it's great that she's posting things on this site. I think it was long before inflation kicked in, but I find it very useful now. Uh, she's very positive about taking steps to live a simple, joyful life. And I, I really like her attitude. And she has guests on, uh, guest books, guest blogs. But some of the things she posted recently were things that you could buy ahead of time that w- have long shelf life before they increase further in cost that okay. families use. Okay. And so, I don't know if you have t- time for that. Yeah, just what is the website again, Mary? Um, and uh, then also I want to highlight your website. What it, what's that website you mentioned? It's, it's joyfullythriving.com. Okay. And, and, and she has non-food items, food items. She has lots of ideas, recipes. And it's the kind of stuff that I would have said here. And I thought maybe it's just good to point to that site because uh, people in their spare time can look for um I, I, I already buy like this, but a okay. lot of people don't think this way. 
Okay, well, that's a great idea. And to get more information about Three Points Financial and to get that uh, that cash flow um, uh, uh, form that you talked about, that website is threepointsfinancial.com, threepointsfinancial.com. Mary Alpers, thank you so much. I always learn so much, a great wealth of information. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And uh, Lauren Levy, Karen Levine, um, this segues right into inflation, interest rates. Lauren Levy, um, Kim Strassel from the Wall Street Journal said that interest rates need to go higher. And this is really, this is a real squeeze for people. It is. And I think sometimes we have to kind of gear the conversation towards what interest rates they're referring to, because there is the Federal Reserve, which controls basically the prime rate, right, Mm -hmm. which they call the short end of the Mm -hmm. curve. It causes a reaction through everything. But the Federal Reserve technically has only made one raise since they said they're going to start raising, which was in March by a quarter point. Their talk has set off a whole bunch of other things in the market, which has affected mortgages, and those are different rates, right? So the Fed does need to keep raising, they think, to control inflation on their end to make it harder to borrow so the money supply doesn't keep expanding. Mm -hmm. It's just what effect is that going to have on everything else in our lives is the question. So this, these conversations they're having about interest rates, the Fed hasn't really raised them that much, but interest rates have gone up significantly. <clears throat> right. It's, a, it's in anticipation. So the question is always is, you'll hear on Wall Street the term baked in or cooked in or, mm-hmm. you know, they anticipate things happening based on the words that they hear from the, the decision makers. So the Fed has already... Not only have they only raised rates, but what they did is they stopped buying mortgage-backed securities, which was the first thing they did that forced rates to start going higher. Because you and I talked for mm-hmm. a couple of years how they were the, the buyer of last resort on mortgage right. securities. Now they're out of there, so now it's the, back on Wall Street to buy them, and Wall Street wants to buy them at higher rates. Uh, this is really squeezing people that are wanting to buy a home. It is. So how are you helping them? You know, the, the biggest way you help them right now is if you think that the market is going to continue to go up, and Karen and I were just talking about this, will they be 6%, will they be 7%, is there's a thing that a lot of lenders will offer called lock-in shop, where you can lock in a rate today for maybe the next 90 to 120 days while you're looking. That way you guarantee that it won't be any higher than it is today. And if you can handle that payment that we talk about today, then you have the comfort of knowing it'll be there. and two months, three months when you find a house. Does it cost people to do that? No, it depends on how long you want to lock it out for. 120 days doesn't usually cost anything, not with us. You get to 150 or 180 days, it could okay. have additional fees to because you're tying up a lender's money at that point. Sure. But um, you can do it. It's And you don't need an, you used to need an address in order to lock in a loan. Mm-hmm. You don't need it anymore. Okay. Um, so it gives you some comfort while you're out looking. Mm-hmm. Karen Levine, with interest rates were low, it was a challenging real estate market for people to buy a home. Now, if somebody wants to sell a home, you can't you can't downsize. It used to be you could downsize here in Colorado. You can't do that. If you're going to downsize, you're going to have to move out of state. Mm-hmm. But it is a time people people want to sell their home. It's a great time to capitalize upon that. But I've got to think for buyers, this is really squeezing them. Well, the buying process continues to get more and more complicated. And our thought process was, as we move into the spring selling season, typically our inventory increases because people are thinking about being relocated before the next school year starts. So they start putting their homes on the market here last month, this month, and in May. So our inventory will increase. Then you have interest rates also increasing, 
which should take buying power away from some buyers, which mm-hmm. is very unfortunate. We're still seeing high appreciation, so prices are still continuing to go up. But we are not seeing a significant pullback in the amount of buyers in the marketplace. So buyers are still in the market. They are still looking for home ownership. There, it is still competitive. But we believe over these next couple of weeks, as things shake out in the interest rate environment, mm-hmm. which they're not really going to shake out, it's just going to continue to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's going to cause some buyers to get out of the market because their buying power is going to be less and less and they won't be able to compete. So that will open up opportunity for those who can compete. The big key is to work with someone like Lauren who has that lock and shop that can have a conversation with them about their buying power and then hook up with a realtor as myself that can help them navigate the complicatedness of that marketplace. Well, and Lauren, one of the great things about uh, you and your your company, Polygon Financial Group, is you work with a lot of different lenders. Uh, And so that affords, I think, some freedom and some opportunity for people as they're trying to navigate this whole thing. Yeah, it's um, when you're a broker, the the biggest um, benefit to that is different, especially in a competitive market. So refinances have really cooled off, right? So a lot of lenders are looking for ways to improve their volume, meaning the banks themselves. Mm-hmm. So they'll come up with different products and different ways to help you do things. And one bank might do that first before any other bank comes to market with it. So the more banks you can have at your, you know, to decide from, the more products and opportunities there'll be out there that you can take advantage of. So that's nice. If you just work for one bank, they may not ever have that cool right. program. Or, and there are some mortgage um, people out there that they only work with one company. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so it is, I think that's really important to have options. That's always a good thing. Let's go to break. And in this next segment, uh, Karen, you mentioned a bunch of legislation that might be coming uh, down the pike here over the next two and a half weeks. And we've seen some terrible stuff down there. But uh, typically the last two and a half weeks, then they pull out all the stops. And uh, so we'll want to talk about that. In studio with me is Lauren Levy. He's with Polygon Financial Group. His phone number is 303-880-8881. 303-880-8881. Karen Levine, award-winning realtor with Remax Alliance. And her number is 303-877-7516. 303-877-7516. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. 
Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. And in studio with me is a couple of great sponsors. They're both great sponsors of both of the shows. And that is Lauren Levy and Karen Levine. I did want to mention Mary Alpers uh, had gone through and they have this work, uh, worksheet regarding where you spend your money. And with inflation, probably one of the things that's going to go is the funds. So Bidenflation is taking away the fun. Uh, and we need to get this turned around. And it's public policy is what it is. Speaking of public policy, Karen Levine, we have about two and a half weeks left in this legislative session. You were just up in the um, Colorado Realtors meeting and you said there's 40 bills. I believe that's what we were told. 40 bills that will affect private property rights, home ownership. Um, and I'm sure in a favorable way. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> oh. When When you look at one of the bills, which sort of... It was upsetting to me because of where it came from or where it's coming from, but it has to do with building properties with complete fire suppression. Well, I just, that's not just a smoke alarm or a sprinkler system. That's the, the material you use to construct the property. That is a metal roof. That is, I mean, it, it is from walls out, you know, from walls, from walls in, um, creating a property that can withstand all fire. That does not seem practical to me. It is very um, unfortunate what happened in Boulder County, the Marshall fires. Mm -hmm. It was also very um, unpredictable. Um, It was, in most regards, an act of God just Mm -hmm. because of the wind, etc. So we knee-jerk reaction is, oh, we have to make all our buildings. And then if that passes, that's all new construction. But then they're going to, you know, they're going to roll it back, yeah. which they're doing to these people who lost their homes or having to meet a lot of those guidelines in Boulder County already. And then the flip side is they have a bunch of affordable housing bills. And I don't know. Those don't match up to me. Spend money, but bring affordable product to the mm-hmm. market. How do you do that? It's about government control. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then once again, um, this World Economic Forum thing where when you and I first did that show on it, it seemed like we had 10 hats on. By 2030, you'll own nothing. But making housing more expensive. And it, it was tragic what happened. But let people figure it out. Let people and and their insurance costs might go up, but let people figure it out And instead of government stepping in. And so government steps in when there's a tragedy to take more control. And that seems like what's going to happen. Right. And, and what we know over history is if you allow the market, the market to come in, the market is very creative. We're a very creative group of people in America. We have done many great things. The market will figure it out. The, the help of the government just means the price tag goes up and affordability does not exist. And then you compound it with today's inflationary pressures. Government, When government gets involved, the price goes up, the quality goes down, and the supply becomes limited. That's how it happens. Uh, Lauren Levy, with... You know, with these regulations making housing more expensive, there's this push 
uh, I think pushing people into apartment living instead of home ownership. And home ownership is uh, something that's really created wealth for people, and uh, it's part of the American dream. Yeah, I don't know how you get wealthy paying rent to somebody else so that they can get wealthy. Um, oh, I think you just connected that dot. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> uh, no, I, th- I mean, I was raised to own a home, and, and it is hard. I mean, I think about it all the time. We've talked about it here. Mm-hmm. Like, I have college-age kids, and if they were my age trying to buy my house, I don't know how they would do it, you know, when I did it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's crazy what it's worth now and what it might be five years from now when they're ready. Um, it'll be interesting. It is an interesting, not in a good way, and it's because of public policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's talk about people on the other end of the spectrum, and that is people that um, have been in their home for a long time. They're on fixed incomes. Inflation is just a real challenge for them, but there is a tool out there, reverse mortgages, mm-hmm. that you can help people with. And if you think about it from the exact opposite end of the spectrum, like you're saying, who can take advantage of these home prices now? So you have a home that may have been worth 600000 that's now worth eight in the last few years. And you don't want to move out. You don't want to leave. But yet you need some extra money in retirement or you're unable to retire because of this, you know, where your bills are at. Maybe getting rid of your mortgage payment is the answer and all of a sudden you're free to retire. Or just tapping the equity in your home without creating additional payments on a monthly basis. And you have all this additional equity to pull from now. And maybe you like your neighbors in your neighborhood and don't want to be forced to try to downsize in Colorado, which you really can't do, or move to the Midwest if you don't want to do that. The reverse mortgage is right for a lot of people, and it helps them stay in their home and retire and get debts paid off and many other things. Mm -hmm. They have some features to them that have a bad reputation. Some people talk about the fees, and I have no problem explaining those to people and why they're there. But it's a great tool for a lot of people. Okay. And again, 303-880-8881 if you have questions about that. And Karen, and I think these reverse mortgages are a great idea. However, I think that it also has uh, reduced this inflation, interest rates, and and the um, unavailability of places where people could downsize. Because it used to be people, the kids grew up and moved away and and people sold that big house so a new family would come in Mm -hmm. they would uh, the couple would move in downsize and so i i've called it the velocity of housing and the velocity of housing has slowed down significantly in colorado it has and and there's lots of factors that have played into that one being we're an aging population the ability to do a reverse mortgage our um elderly um homeowners have chosen to stay in place instead of releasing those houses to the marketplace. So that has caused some restriction. Then we've talked about the lack of building um, because of policy um, over the years. And um, moving down, we the sort of the joke is you can move down in size, just not move down <laughs> in price. But I was telling you about a property that I have listed it's in a 55-plus community. Okay. It is a two-bedroom, one-bath uh, condominium. It lives like a townhome, though, because there's no one above or below you. So it's, you know, it's side-to-side okay. um, joined. It has a one-car detached garage and a basement. It's priced at $290,000. Very affordable. The dues are very affordable. But because it's a 55-plus community, that's a limited um, population. Mm-hmm. 
um, and it currently is rented. So the person who purchases it can't take occupancy till November 1st. Okay. And there's a limitation from a homeowner's perspective. If they put a loan on it, they have to move in in 60 days. Okay. Lauren might be able to help them and put them into an investor loan instead of an owner-occupant loan okay. to get them in, but they would have home ownership at a price, today's price, at today's interest rates, and be able to move in in November. Okay. And if there's a listener that has a family member or they or themselves have some interest, give me a call because it's a great opportunity. And what's the price again? Two ninety. That's almost unheard of. So I could see this scenario. Somebody is in their home. It's appreciated significantly and they could sell that and if say if they're going to want to travel here they've got a place where they could live you know mm-hmm. have their roots and uh, but they would need to talk to lauren to get the right loan on this right mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's doable you know two other things i want to add to the velocity of housing talk is you know with older folks not leaving the cost of health care has really affected that sometimes mm-hmm. where they can stay home and not have to go into a facility that will just drain all their savings and but also, I was just talking about this today with my friend. I'm like, I have a really low rate on my house. If I thought about moving, which I'm not really in a spot to do that, do I want to give up my really low rate and then go buy another house with a five and a half on it, mm-hmm. you know, with today's rates? So that's a consideration to have, you know. Before, when rates were low, you could, I mean, you could buy a big house for mm-hmm. and not incru- and increase your payment by a whole lot where rates were. But now... You know, if you're sitting at a two seven five on a thirty year fixed, and you're going to buy a new house at a five and a quarter, it's a consideration that you might just stay in your current loan. Mm-hmm. So once again, uh, reducing the velocity of housing, mm-hmm. which reduces the opportunity. I keep thinking about our young people, Lauren. Yeah. The this policy, and Karen and I've looked at this, and couldn't figure it out, but it's so squeezing the next generation, and it's public policy. That's what's so frustrating about mm-hmm. it, Lauren. I agree. I mean, I think you're going to see, and this is just my—I'm just giving an opinion. You know, I don't, but I fully expect that. Like, my children may be with me for a bit. You know, while they try to save and <laughs> save well. and save and mm-hmm. save, and, you know, unless parents are in a position to give a chunk for a down payment to help their kids, they might need to stay and in the basement and help for it that a while mm-hmm. and help that way. You know, while they can save up to be able to afford something. Yeah. And I think there will be more of that, uh, and and not sitting in the basement, you know, no, watching not TV doing nothing and, but working, yeah, and working, saving, and saving. putting away, and yeah. yeah. I think that we're going to see that. We've got in uh, just a few more minutes in this segment, and so want to make sure that we hit, you know, what you want people to know. So, Karen, let's go to you first. Oh well, thanks, Kim. <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm speechless. <laughs> and I, that's a rare. Occasion. That doesn't happen very. No, often. that doesn't happen very often. I, I think what we want the listeners to know, that opportunity is still there. It's just more complicated and that um, we're here to help. And I laugh when Steve was very excited that it was Friday. And I think it's important that the listeners know that typically my week starts on Thursday because <laughs> homes start coming on the market um, to be shown Friday, Saturday, Sunday with offers being accepted by sellers or received by sellers by Sunday or Monday and a decision being made Monday, Tuesday. And then we start that lovely cycle again. So Friday is kind of the start of my week. (laughs) (laughs) There you have it, Steve. And again, you've got this uh, condo? 
that yes. could be a great opportunity for people. So give you a call at 303-880-8881. And, uh, no, gonna, that would be his Oh, phone. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that call. <laughs> <laughs> that's Lauren pa- regarding the mortgage. Along. Okay, and 303-877-7516. It's, I yeah. have your phone numbers it's memorized. Okay. Just had them mixed up. Yep. And Lauren, what is it that you want our listeners to, to know? I think you got to be careful, especially when you know, we heard the woman from the financial company talk about inflation. Rates have gone up. There's no doubt about it. Um, but you need to look at your overall financial situation. So even if you have like a lower rate on a mortgage, but you have credit card debt that is killing you, you know, if I, if I had 18% credit card debt and I could take that down to a five and a quarter mortgage mm-hmm. and save 13% on what I'm paying to help offset the cost of gasoline or other things that have gone up in my life, that seems like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. So you've got to take you got to take a look at your overall financial picture and see what makes the most sense and talk to somebody about it mm-hmm. if you're having problems. Because there may be ways, like Karen said, homes are still appreciating. There may be ways to take advantage of that. And maybe your mortgage rate does go up and your payment on your house goes up, but your overall financial situation improves mm-hmm. by several hundred dollars a month, which might make the difference for you. Right. Okay. So definitely talk to somebody if you have that issue going on. Right. And Mary Alpers, that uh, worksheet that they have at Three Points Financial, I think could be very helpful. So we're going to go to break. And uh, if you have a question for Karen Levine or Lauren Levy, they're they're going to stay through our call-in time. Or if you just have comments, uh, 303-477. I was going to give your number again. (laughs) 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. Lauren Levy, Polygon Financial Group's in studio, as as well as Karen Levine with Remax Alliance. We'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Thank you. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And uh, phone number is 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. We want to hear what's on your radar. And Stephanie in Denver, what is on your radar? Good morning. Good morning. Ha-ha. Um, I was just calling in to tell my house story that... In 1978, I bought my first house in the Highlands. Of course, it was before it was the Highlands. Okay. <laughs> it was called the Highlands, but it uh, didn't have the price tag. At that time, it was kind of an iff- iffy neighborhood. But anyway, I bought a 1927 brick bungalow. It was priced at $42,000. Wow. My neighbor, an elderly neighbor, told me, 
after the war, meaning World War II, we wanted to buy your house, but it was $3,000. Oh, my gosh. And our house, speaking of their house, was only 1800 which was a lovely brick house with a two-car garage and all. But uh, anyway, so I, it was 42000 I assumed a $25,000 mortgage. I was so naive. You know, people were like, oh, you get to deduct that interest off your taxes and what have you. Well, after 10 years, I realized I had only paid down $3,000 in... Um, principal. You know, principal. I had a 10 per, I was paying 10% interest. I could have paid the dang house off. Right. Another $25,000, and after 10 years, that's what I did. I think there was $22,000 left, and I just took my savings and paid it off. But, uh, yeah, I mean, now when you tell somebody you bought something for, you know, $42,000. You're talking about a car. <laughs> yeah. You got the garage for $50,000. Exactly. When did you sell it? and what, uh, Do you want to share what you sold, sold it for? it in... 2014 for 330. Um, somebody I knew they were going to flip it. They flipped it for about 460, and last I knew it sold for about 700,000. Mm-hmm. Wow, Stephanie, yep. that's quite a story. I'm thank you so much for sharing that, Karen. That is how you can create wealth in the real estate market. Absolutely. So she bought it for 42. She sold it for 330 thousand dollars. And that is why we, we want home ownership. Uh, and there's such an assault on that. Karen, I want to ask you, and give us a call, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. We've had conversations offline about the Realtor Association, both here in Colorado, metro area, nationally, that, and I guess this would be appropriate also in the mortgage arena, that... Uh, that if home ownership goes away, realtors, mortgage um, brokers will not have have a livelihood also. I mean, and, and so my question is, is so the association, have they finally kind of figured that out? Oh, the association definitely has figured that out. As But it have, took some time, didn't it? Yeah, as have practitioners. And I think what's interesting is there's an assault on our industry, which is very unfair from the standpoint Um, It is a very um, lucrative industry from the standpoint, I make a very nice living, but I work really hard. I just told you what my schedules are. But with that said, um, it's under assault because of the amount of money in the industry. But that money is not related directly to me, the realtor. There's so many other parts. There's mortgage. There's inspections. There's home improvement. All that stuff. And government is assaulting it because they want control of those funds. They want, they want to say how we spend our money, how where we live. They want to take those freedoms away from us. And it seems so far-fetched that we push it aside until all of a sudden we start to see the denigration mm-hmm. of home ownership, which you and I have been watching for the last three years. Well, and Lauren, in the mortgage arena, uh, you would think that the, the mortgage um – industry would also see what's been happening. Of course, I guess it's pretty regulated already, mm-hmm. but it, it, we've got to start to, to push back on this as industries. Are you seeing that in the mortgage arena? Absolutely. I mean, 
our industry is not as famous maybe as the National Association of Realtors. Everyone's kind of heard of that. But there's the mortgage bankers and mortgage brokers associations of America that all are working behind the scenes to help with some of that stuff, you know. And so I find it interesting, you know, that last caller, she talked about how after three years she'd only paid off a few thousand. Mortgages are front-loaded, mm-hmm. so it's important to know mm-hmm. that. You know, you pay – when you first take out a loan, if you're paying $1,000, you, you're you probably paying $940 to interest mm-hmm. and 60 to principal. On a 30-year, when you hit that 15-year mark, it flips to where the last 10 years of your house payment you're paying basically 100% principal. Mm-hmm. And it's because lenders know that most people stay in their home about an average of 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so they make their money on the front end mm-hmm. rather than waiting after they've already sold it mm-hmm. and before they didn't make any money. Right. So there's a method to it, and rates are relative. You know, If that woman was in a 10% loan back then, the prevailing interest rates were pretty high. My mm-hmm. first house was eight and a quarter, and that's what it was. You know, That's mm-hmm. the going rate at the time. And people forget about that stuff when we've been in the threes. Right for a number of years now. Yeah, and uh, and uh, before we went on the air, you said the increase in interest rates has happened so fast. Yeah, it, a lot of times, I always, I've always i been telling people for all the time I've been doing this, like keep your eye on the 10-year treasury. It's pretty loosely correlated to mortgage rates, and as that rises, so does mortgage rates, but the 10-year treasury is at 2.9 today, mm-hmm. sitting around there, which, in my again, my opinion, should correlate to rates probably in the fours somewhere. Mm-hmm. But we're sitting in the fives, mm-hmm. and be, you know that should be more of like a three and a half to four percent ten-year mm-hmm. note based on history. In. That's baking it all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just yeah. in in advance of what the Fed is going to do, and and getting prepared for it almost mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. it seems like lenders are doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 303-477-5600. We could probably take a couple of calls. 303-477-5600. If you want to comment on Earth Day, uh, you can certainly do that. Uh, and this also is Vladimir Lenin's birthday. When we talked with Rick Turnquist in the first hour, we kind of connected some dots with that. Uh, so again, 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. Karen Levine, um, you said 40 bills are going to be introduced. Uh, what else do you th- are you concerned about? I, th- I think it's important that listeners hear what we're saying, but also take action. And you've been having a lot of the candidates on mm-hmm. that are running um, here at the, uh, what do we call it, midterm. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some great candidates out there. I think um, they've stepped up from the standpoint that they hear, they're hearing their constituents, they're listening. Um, when Lauren was commenting about interest rates and I was thinking about when I came into the industry, we were in the middle of an inflationary period of time in the 80s and interest rates had come down from 17% and they were hovering around 13 and a half. And I'm curious if we're gonna see adjustable rate mortgages become something that people can utilize. And I utilized that when mm-hmm. I bought my first home. And it has some bad wraps, but the government has put in a lot of restrictions and some protection. And it can be a good resource to um, help you ease into a house payment. Okay. So and well, tell and us about she's that. she's right. We are seeing adjustable rates come back. They're not as low as I think, again, they should be as compared to a 30-year. So we're not, you know, if you have a 5% 30-year, you should probably have like a three and a half or three and a quarter Mm -hmm. five-year arm and Mm -hmm. they're not that low right now okay and i still think there's all this uncertainty about how fast things have moved sure and lenders being nervous about putting someone in a loan that's that they're going to lose money on down the road yeah Mm -hmm. 
but the the bad rap on arms happened through the 0809 recession because mm-hmm. those were typically subprime arms which were more dangerous to folks G- got it than uh than conventional adjustable rate mortgages but we are seeing them come back okay so again that's why people should work with mm-hmm. you because you can talk about all the the risks and the benefits uh mark and falcon mark and falcon welcome what's on your radar Oh, too many things, but um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the, for for Lauren, um, question about you know. So in, uh, I think a lot of parents want to help their kids right get into a house. Um, are, is there a way for for them to uh, take the equity in their house and somehow um, help help their kids um, get into a house? I, you know, there is a gift tax limit each year which doesn't seem like it's enough so i was just wondering if there's any strategies along those lines there are and let me just really touch on something you just said because i see it almost every day people talk about the gift tax and people call me and they're like well you know grandma wants to give me two hundred thousand dollars for my house to put down but she can only give me i think it's i don't know if it's i don't remember if it's 16 17 18 thousand now before it becomes a taxable issue and that's not true um you're allowed to, anyone in this country can give anyone that they want, relative or not, you know, whatever that is. It used to be 15000 I don't know if it's sixteen or seventeen mm-hmm. now. And you can do that, and it's not a taxable event to either party. But right now, we all have a $10 million gifting exemption if you're married, $5 million and $5 million or whatever. And all it requires is that you notate it on your tax form. So if someone wants to give someone 300000 they can do it, but it goes against their $10 million lifetime gifting exemption which just means that you have to put the difference above what you can do a year on a tax form and just keep reporting it every year it doesn't cause a taxable event so you can if you have savings or the the ability to pull it from somewhere else you can do that without causing taxes for anybody having said that if the only option is to take the money out of your home you can do that through a cash out refinance or through a home equity line of credit or home equity loan you really just got to look at rates and what the fed is doing and talk to somebody about the best way to do that so that you don't get caught up with the rates that are just running away from you and the payment keeps going up and up and up after you've done that. Okay. So it's, there's definitely ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mark, uh, any other comments? Uh, no, thank you. Okay. That was Mark and Falcon. Mark and Falcon. Uh, okay. We do have about a minute left. What's your final thought, Lauren? It's going to look a lot like my last final thought from about five <laughs> minutes ago. <but laughs> Everything we're talking about is rates, and there's a lot of rates in your life. You know, there's your auto loan rate, there's your home rate, there's your home equity line of credit rate, your credit card rates, your student loan rates, and take a look at them all and try to figure out where you can save money if you need to in this environment. If you can get rid of credit cards and roll them into something else or pay off a car that has a higher rate into something lower, as long as you're moving lower and saving money, it's probably worth it. Okay. You just need to make sure that you're doing the right thing and talk to the right people. Okay. And that's Lauren Levy, 303-880-8881, 303-880-8881. we got about 30 seconds for your final thought, Karen Levine. My, th- my final thought would be that um, the Realtor Party, and that's me, a Realtor member, and the Realtor Organization, we are working hard to preserve homeownership. And we are doing that not for our personal benefit. We are doing that to achieve the American dream. And it is an honor that I get to work with buyers and sellers to help them do that. And I look forward to it every morning. And I'm available to answer questions in a complicated market. And that number is 303 
877-7516-303-877-7516 for Karen Levine. Great to have you guys here. Thank you so much. Long quote for the day, and that is Vladimir Lenin. He said, why should freedom of speech and freedom of press be allowed? Why should a government which is doing what it believes to be right allow itself to be criticized? It would not allow opposition by lethal weapons. Ideas are much more fatal things than guns. Why should any man be allowed to buy a printing press and disseminate pernicious opinions calculated to embarrass the government? A little scary. So, my friends, though, today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.